Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and we're delighted to have you with us for today's episode of The Great America Show. Welcome, one and all, as together we stand for truth, justice and the american way and guess what we've got only two weeks till election day yeehaw and guess what the marxist dims accomplices the national corporate media bless the little darlings hearts are forgive the expression puking themselves as election day approaches the polls are tightening folks almost everywhere all across the country even in so-called Democrat strongholds, deep blue states like New York, where the Republican candidate for Governor Lee Zeldin has pulled ahead of the Marxist-Dem incumbent Governor Kathy Hochul. New York's Democrat Party is in shock. The National Party of Marxist-Dems is desperate now, and they're showing it. They've sent crooked, compromised, crazy Joe Biden back to his vacation compound there in Delaware out of public view and instead are throwing the big guys, Obama and Bernie Sanders, out on the campaign trail. First stop, Nevada, where the Democrat incumbents are in big trouble and the Republicans there have a lot of momentum going into November 8. Enough that even the Dems are acknowledging that that big red wave we've been talking about may be on the way. Some saying Republicans will gain 30 to 40 seats. Almost all analysts admit the Republicans will win back the House now. The question is, how many seats will the final number be? And now even Dem strategists acknowledge that the Senate is up for grabs. Thought originally to be a safe Dem hold this year, and suddenly the Republicans have a chance to gain three to four seats and take back the U.S. Senate. We'll see. It all sounds good. It sounds promising. Keep our fingers crossed in Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Ohio, and all the rest. Real Clear Politics is now predicting the Republicans will pick up three seats in the Senate. So let's all be sure to vote to give some hope of turning this country around before the Dems completely destroy the nation. Just look at what they've done to us already. It's unimaginable. Less than two years of Biden in the White House and all of this. It's scary. So please vote and remind your family and friends, be a nudge. I want to tell you I had an emotional U-turn over the past week when Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett rejected a challenge to Biden's crazy student loan debt cancellation program. I was sick. Judge Barrett's unilateral decision to deny a challenge to Biden's giveaway program was just simply gut-wrenching. A taxpayer association in Wisconsin, she dismissed their lawsuit out of hand because they didn't have, quote, standing. That means direct effect from the action. In this instance, an impaired president with a stroke of the pen giving millions of students forgiveness of hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money as if he were an emperor, not a U.S. president. 
That sounds like standing to me, doesn't it, you? A federal district court judge, Henry Autry, dismissed a lawsuit from six states claiming Biden had overstepped his authority, his powers under the Constitution. The judge ruled they didn't, though, have, you guessed it, standing. Legalese for cowardly cop-out, to put it in plain English. I was, well, more than a little down in the dumps, folks, over these disappointing, deeply shy, reserved, and cowardly courts. When in steps the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals with an administrative stay to stop the Biden election giveaway. I'm thrilled that the Court of Appeals understands that the act of Biden offloading hundreds of billions of dollars onto taxpayers, many of whom, if not most, make less than the families who would get a free ride on the Biden bid to buy votes in the midterms. God bless the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals for at least temporarily stopping the madness and improving my mood immensely about this country's prospects. I even feel a little bit better about these courts of ours. A little bit. What's going on with our courts in this country? Our guest today is attorney Mike Davis. He's the founder of the Article 3 Project, a great American. And Mike, there's there, there's no way, is there, that any rational American could think that a president has the constitutional authority to just transfer debt from a group of individuals to us poor taxpayers. It's pure politics, and I think Biden's out of his mind. Still, what's your opinion on all this? This is clearly illegal, Lou. The president of the United States does not have the unilateral power under the Constitution or under any statute to cancel student loan debt. Uh, They are, uh, the Biden administration is uh, uh, intentionally misreading a statute and claiming that they have this power, if they claim that they can forgive up to $20,000 in student loan debt per person, why couldn't they, uh, why couldn't they claim that they have the power to cancel all student debt for every American in this country? This is, this is clearly illegal. And the issue is that someone needs to get into a federal court and sue and stop this. This is, Uh, Very unfair to working class Americans like me, where my parents had to work hard and save. I had to work in college and save. I took out student loans. I paid off those student loans. Uh, And what about other people like, you know, plumbers and handymen and other people with real jobs in the real world? Why the hell should they have to pay for, uh, you know, these BS, liberal arts majors, women's studies majors for the Biden supporters uh, so so they can, you know, go go take out all these student loans and not have a job that's going to pay it back. This is this cre- creates so many perverse incentives. It's illegal. It needs to be stopped. It is on its face, as you say, illegal. And, and no one uh, that I can uh, recall in the Republican Party has said a word, a meaningful word saying we're going to sue, we're going to stop this, we're going to join it. Mitch McConnell, uh, Kevin McCarthy just going crazy up on that soapbox, demanding that this iniquity uh, and inequity uh, be stopped. What is wrong with the Republican Party? We're less, than, we're less than three weeks away from the most important midterm election in, in possibly history. Uh, well, you know, I always say that the D.C., uh, the, the D.C., 
politicians are, are the only reptiles on the planet that, that lack backbones, and that's not changed uh, ever. Uh, what I, what's good is, is we're going to start to see state attorneys general, these Republican conservative state attorneys general around the country step up and sue because this is lawlessness by the Biden administration. They can't just take on hundreds of millions, hundreds of billions of dollars in debt uh, without congressional approval. Uh, and it's this needs to be stopped. If you don't stop this here, this is this is going to keep going. They're going to keep the Democrats are going to st- keep giving out handouts to their supporters on the backs of hardworking Americans. And like I said, why should hardworking Americans with real jobs in the real world have to pay off student loan debt for these deadbeat Biden supporters who got useless college degrees? We're talking about families with incomes up to 250000 a year eligible for the <laughs> this debt forgiveness. Uh, and, and meanwhile, working people are... Our middle class are basically beating their heads against a wall, getting hit with high inflation, a slowing economy, crazy markets, and now they have to pay for people making more money than they do to forgive their that debt. I mean, it's just nuts. Uh, and yet the Republicans don't want to, it seems to me, don't want to, to do anything meaningful. Uh, and by the way, this thing may be, as the Supreme Court often uses the word moot, they're saying on the portal that just opened today that it takes less than five minutes to fill out the form. Uh, it'll be open through December 31st of 2023. Borrowers who would like their balances adjusted. I love that expression. Uh, student loan payments that restart in January should submit applications before November 15th. I mean, billions of dollars are going to be gone before the Republicans even can even mount their horses to ride to the sound of gunfire. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the problem, Lou, is there's, and, and this is a, a game that the courts play. There's something called standing. And the issue is, is who has standing to challenge this presidential action? Um, this is uh, Republicans in Congress can do it if they win back the House and or the Senate, then they can file a lawsuit on behalf of the House of Representatives uh, and or the Senate to challenge this. Uh, but it's again, it's going to be the state attorneys general who need to step up around the country to challenge this uh, this lawlessness by the Biden administration. This is this is just an unbelievable power grab, unbelievable lawlessness. And it's just, it's just there is zero legal basis whatsoever for Biden to think that he has the unilateral power to forgive $20,000 in student loan debt for his supporters. Well, he's just, let's be straightforward about it. I mean, he's just, he's buying votes with taxpayer money. And I love the way that, uh, you know, they style the portal. Are you looking for student loan debt? They don't mention the federal government or the U.S. government. No, it's the Biden-Harris administration providing up to $20,000 in student loan debt relief. Uh, it's it's appalling. You know, there used to be uh, what uh, Paul's called uh, walking around money. That's when folks would uh, put together a bundle of cash and they'd hand it out to voters to get them to the polls and uh, Vote as much as you want. You get 10 bucks is walking around money. This is walking around money in the hundreds of billion dollars uh, that is flowing directly from the uh, the pen of Joe Biden. 
it's it's got on its face it's it's not only illegal it is disgustingly corrupt uh and also he's he's announcing at the same time he's releasing 10 to 15 more barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserves before the elections now we don't know what the impact will be but we know why he's doing it trying to stabilize the energy prices that he's driven up almost doubled yeah, I mean, that's just a tactical retreat by Biden. He he declared war on American energy on day one of his administration. They have intentionally drove up the price of uh, gasoline in this country. They want people to have their Chinese, uh, their, their, their Chinese-backed battery, solar, uh, wind, uh, uh, energy sources. They don't want fossil fuels. We have an abundant supply of fossil fuels in America. We don't want to use American energy. We want to be dependent on Chinese batteries and solar panels and windmills. And this is a tactical retreat to get Democrats through the midterm election. And this, and if, if they can get through this midterm election with fewer losses, Biden's going to resume his full force war on American energy for the next two years. So don't let people don't let the Biden administration fool you that they actually care about high gas prices. This is purely about getting through the election in three weeks. And, and the strate- as you say, the strategic play here by the 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 Democratic uh, campaign apparatus, uh, the Biden vowing to get Congress to codify uh, abortion protections if the Democrats keep their majorities. Uh, it's it's a straight play, uh, pro-abortion all the way, uh, and, and the timing is strategically uh, aimed directly at uh, at women who uh, support abortion. Uh, we don't know what the numbers are going to be of those who are pro-life, but that's that's the play directly to the base of the Democratic Party. What do you think? Well, I mean, the the Democrat Party makes their money. They 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 make their money from. The abortion industry, uh, murdering unborn babies in the womb, uh, they, they make money off of that. And they t- the, the abortion industry, Planned Parenthood, the abortion industry monopolist, takes those proceeds from killing unborn babies in the womb, and they target black babies. Uh, and they take those proceeds and they give them to Democrat uh, campaigns and causes. So, of course, the Democrat Party wants to coddle and protect that industry, uh, you know, since since the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, have you heard any instance of any young woman dying in a back alley abortion? Because I, I sure the heck haven't. So, but they're going to use these scare tactics to get people to think that you know the Republican Party is a grave danger to women, and it's just it's a scare tactic. It's nonsense, and frankly, thankfully, it's not working. People care a hell of a lot more about uh, inflation, the economy. Uh, the 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 oil prices, uh, woke indoctrination of kids, crime. Those are the issues that are front burner issues this election, and uh, abortion is not. Now, it, it's it's interesting to see how the uh, the temperature that has gone down across the country about abortion uh, and that decision which returned the issue of abortion back where it properly belonged to the states. Uh, and still, here we are all these months later, uh, 
watching Biden and the Dems play it like it was the the, the Supreme Court crushed the uh, uh, the issue and uh, did nothing other. They didn't rule on abortion per se. They ru- they ruled that it was an issue for the states and that Roe v. Wade was was bad law. Correct. Well, yeah. I mean, remember this is the same Democrat Party during COVID that my body, my choice went out the door during COVID for these forced vaccines. And the, uh, you know, the, the Democrats got rid of women. They called women pregnant persons. So during COVID, no, the, my body, my choice was gone and, and pregnant persons were in. Now all of a sudden they care about my body, my choice again, and women are back. So it's amazing how the Democrats operate when uh, at election time. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, people need to remember that all Democrats care about is power. That is their goal or their God is power on earth. That's all they care about. And they will do whatever it takes to, uh, to get power and that, and, and use power to, to hurt their political enemies. So the abortion issue, uh, was a stronger issue before, uh, right after the Supreme court overturned Roe versus Wade and Dobbs, it was a stronger issue for Democrats. It has dissipated. People care a hell of a lot more about crime and inflation than they do about a hypothetical abortion that they're never going to ha- uh, never going to need. Yeah, by the way, we should point out, though, that women uh, vote uh, significantly stronger and stronger numbers than do men. It's one of the things that uh, here on the Great America show that we just want to remind voters going into November 8th, be sure that uh, that that you get to the polls. A man or a woman get to the polls, and uh, but if you're a man thinking about not voting, man up and get to the polls because this is ridiculous. Uh, by the way, women vote uh, far more uh, left than they do right, uh, and uh, we need men who vote more right than left to be at those polls. So uh, do your job, men. Come on, man up. Uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to turn to again speaking of manning up. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, he is getting away with so much that it's just, to me, it's it, it's stunning. He doesn't have to have a rational rationale for the strategic petroleum withdrawals. He doesn't have to explain anything about how the Chinese get millions of barrels of that oil that he withdraws, particularly uh, those firms who uh, have done business with Hunter Biden. And now we know from whistleblowers, Senator uh, Senator Grassley making it very clear that whistleblowers are telling them uh, there in the Judiciary Committee that there is voluminous evidence, as he put it, of co- uh, potentially criminal conduct by the president's son. Who would have imagined Hunter Biden would be engaged in criminal conduct? But this is of a new and different sort. Uh, give us your thoughts about Joe Biden the four-year investigation of his son, the fact that the Delaware U.S. attorney has, I mean, he's been intimidated, obviously. It was no accident when Joe Biden uh, said while he was down in Florida uh, uh, surveying the damage of Hurricane Ian, he thought he was or pretended to be uh, unaware of a hot mic in which he said, uh, you know, you, you don't F uh, with a uh, with a Biden. I mean, that was a direct shot against the U.S. attorney in Delaware trying to intimidate him. Your thoughts? Yeah, so I worked for Senator Chuck Grassley twice. 
once right out of college, I opened his mail, and then 18 years later, I went to serve as his chief counsel for nominations on the Senate Judiciary Committee for the first two years of the Trump presidency uh, to help pres uh, uh, President Trump and Senator Grassley confirm a record number of Trump's federal judges. And I'll tell you, there's no one who is more dogged and determined and, be and better at congressional oversight than Chuck Grassley. He's been doing oversight uh, for, for decades. He's long been suspicious of the Justice Department and the FBI. And he certainly knows that they are, the Biden Justice Department and the FBI is covering for Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. There is smoking gun evidence that, uh, that, uh, that President Biden, his brother James, and his son Hunter were on the, uh, the communist Chinese payroll when, when, uh, uh, when Biden was the vice president of the United States. We talked about 10% to the big guy. There's evidence about the Burisma uh, dealing in, in Ukraine. There is clear evidence of corruption of the Biden family. He is, there is strong evidence that, that President Biden is compromised by this. Tony Bobulinski came out and has done interviews about this, and this got buried by the Biden uh, by the by the FBI and now the Biden Justice Department, and they need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, this is unacceptable. We have we have Merrick Garland going after every grandma and goofball who trespassed and paraded around the Capitol on January sixth. They're going after parents uh, legally, uh, peacefully uh, outraged, protesting at Loudoun County School Board meetings. They're sick in the FBI after pro-life uh, Christians who are praying outside of abortion clinics, yet they're letting Biden supporters terrorize Catholic churches and crisis pregnancy centers. They're giving amnesty to uh, they're giving amnesty to the to the Biden family. Why why the heck is there not in an investigation in this? They want to investigate everything Trump and his kids do with a legitimate real estate business, yet the Biden's corrupt business is selling influence and they, they're not going to do a damn thing about this. They have to get to the bottom of this. I want to ask you about a couple of other issues here uh, as well. Adam, Adam uh, Kinzinger saying that the January 6th committee will negotiate to get Trump to comply with a, a subpoena. Uh, I want to get your sense as to why the president of the United a former president of the United States has to comply with a a core a, a committee, a congressional committee that doesn't have Republican representation. It is a partisan committee. Why does it have any legal standing at all? And why couldn't he tell them go to hell? The January sixth committee is a joke. It is a bunch of Democrats, uh, handpicked by Nancy Pelosi, partisan Democrats along with Trump-deranged rhinos with Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. It is illegitimate. It is a joke. And when the Republicans win back the House in three weeks, they will disband this damn thing and we'll never hear about it again. Meanwhile, uh, what is the standing of the committee? Do you think that they will simply dissolve uh, if the Republicans win the House? Yes, the Republicans will dissolve the committee for sir, for, for sir, and uh, the, the, if they try to subpoena Trump, Trump should file a fight this in, in court and then run out the clock and then Republicans win back the House in, in three weeks. 
take over in January and bye-bye January 6th committee, bye-bye Liz Cheney, bye-bye Adam Kinzinger. And amongst the bye-byes I'd like to throw in there, Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, Merrick Garland, the, the U.S. attorney, I, I mean the attorney general. I, I know those wishes are hard to fulfill. But we are looking at the most corrupt administration, in my judgment, in the history of the, by far, by far, of any, any presidency in American history. I cannot imagine how we can tolerate much more of this as a republic. I I think the very existence of the level of corruption in the federal government right now, whether it is in the permanent bureaucracy, the deep state so-called, or the the political apparatus of the White House, the presidency itself, we are talking about immense, pervasive, rampant corruption, and we seem to have no constitutional uh, all uh, in all of government, no response uh, that is available to us to rid uh, this government of the corruption that has taken over. Your thoughts about that? I agree with you that this is the most corrupt Justice Department that we have ever seen. Uh, I I actually, when, a ter- when, when President Biden said he was going to pick a, a, a Judge Merrick Garland as the Attorney General, I thought, you know what, that's a pretty good pick for Biden. I wouldn't vote for him if I were a senator, but if I were a Democrat president, you're picking this, this uh, respected federal judge. He's going to go in there. He's going to be even keeled. Uh, you know, sure, he'll be a Democrat. Sure, he'll be... A liberal, but he'll be credible. And he, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, has been anything but that. And you saw that with his picks. He picked Vanita Gupta as his associate attorney general, his number three, and he picked Kristen Clark to head the Civil Rights Division. Vanita and Kristen, I worked uh, uh, opposed to them when I was the chief counsel for nominations to then Chairman Chuck Grassley on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And these are hard-charging radical activists. And I have learned that these were Merrick Garland's picks. And I have also learned that he's not just some figurehead, you know, old liberal washed up former federal judge who is a figurehead as the attorney general. He works late into the evening at the Justice Department and he is very hands-on and he personally makes these decisions. And he has absolutely politicized and weaponized the Justice Department, where it is just a political arm of the Biden White House and the DNC. And it is a disgrace what he has done. He needs to be impeached for this. He has, like we talked about, he sixed the FBI after Biden's uh, political opponents, and he gives amnesty to President Biden, his son Hunter, his brother James, and, and Biden's political supporters. I have never seen anything like this before. And if Republicans take over the House, and particularly if Republicans take over the Senate this November, my former boss, Chairman uh, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, will become the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman again. And as we discussed, Lou, no one does better congressional oversight than Chuck Grassley, and he will make their lives living hell at the Justice Department until they resign. And. And I'm encouraged by that, and and I I respect your your judgment and your and your outlook. Uh, but I've also got some pretty poor uh, data points that are his, his, historic uh, in watching the Republicans when they were in control of the House and the Senate and what they did. They couldn't even get approval from their leadership 
for subpoenas uh, to investigate uh, the Russian hoax, uh, Crossfire Hurricane. Everybody knew what had happened. Not everybody, but uh, at least the members of the House Intelligence Committee and certainly the Senate Intelligence Committee knew what had happened and what was going on. And the leadership would not respond. This corruption, how far does it extend into the leadership of the Republican Party? Well, I'll tell you this. Chuck Grassley, is uh, he's dogged, he's determined, and he doesn't take marching orders from anyone. The difference between the House and the Senate in the House, you are uh, the, the committee chairman are puppets of the speaker and the majority leader and the whip. In the Senate, that's not the case at all. The majority leader is important, but it's the as the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman, Chuck Grassley will make his own decisions. And they actually changed the Senate Judiciary Committee subpoena rules uh, uh, during the Russian collusion hoax and other investigations where now you can get subpoenas without Democrat support if the Republicans are in the minority, or excuse me, if Republican or if Democrats are in the minority. So if if Chuck Grass Chuck Grassley's already able to has already been able to uncover a lot of this Russian collusion, yes. crossfire, hurricane hoax from the Judiciary Committee, and he'll continue to do it. He will continue to do it as the chairman. Look, he no, no one has no one has bigger, been a bigger thorn in the FBI side over the last four decades than Chuck Grassley. And I can assure you that will continue and only increase uh, next year if Republicans take over the Senate. Well, that's, that is wonderful. As, and I think that we're going to see Republicans take over the House and I believe the Senate as well. Uh, it, it depends on there's still some variables. Uh, as they say, the game's got to be played. Uh, and we don't know what further surprises the Democrats have for us, but we know this, that they uh, they don't like to let a, an election go unrigged uh, and have got a pretty good track record of doing just that. Are we going to see, in your again, in your judgment, Mike, are we going to see the courts become uh, uh, less or more uh, politicized? Uh, John Roberts famously saying there are no uh, Bush judges, there are no... Uh, Obama judges, there are only judges, uh, which has been proved to over the last six, seven years to be an absolute joke. Uh, they are very politicized and obviously so. You're thinking. Well, Pre- President Trump's biggest accomplishment of his first term was the transformation of the five to four John Roberts court to the five to four Clarence Thomas court with with President Trump's appointments of Justice Gorsuch, my former boss, Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Barrett. And uh, President Trump also transformed the critically important regional courts of appeals around the country. And it is now, the for the first time in 90 years, a constitutionalist court. And what you're going to start seeing is you have three justices in, in Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch who are, uh, uh, who are very constitutionalist, and they just want to rule on cases, and they don't give a damn about the results. So the chips fall where they may. Barrett, uh, Justice Barrett, is largely in that camp. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh is a little bit more incremental and cautious than that. But at the end of the day, there is now a five. And and I would say this: the Chief Justice is not a liberal. He's just he's he's incremental. And I I I think the biggest criticism of, I have of the Chief Justice is he's too political. He cares too much about the public perception or the press's perception of the rulings. 
I understand that there's a legitimacy concern. The Supreme Court has to have a legitimacy. It doesn't have an army to enforce its orders. On the other hand, you have to follow the law, and there is a right or wrong answer with the law. There is a law. It is the judge's job to find the law and apply the law and let the chips fall where they may. Democrats, on the other hand, only care about power, and that includes their leftist judges. And they only care about power and winning, and they're going to do it at all costs. And so it is so important. President Biden has been able to appoint so many federal judges to catch up to President Trump, not to overtake him, but, you know, come pretty close to catching up to President Trump. If Republicans do not win back the Senate in three weeks, President Biden is going to be able to transform the federal judiciary, including maybe the Supreme Court, into a liberal direction. We cannot let that happen. The federal judiciary is the last line of defense that is protecting us from the left's Marxist takeover of our country. And so we have to ensure that conservatives show up and vote in three weeks and Republicans win the Senate. Otherwise, uh, we're, we're, we're going to go over a cliff as a country. Well, I think we're at the precipice right now. And that's my personal opinion. Uh, and that this is an ex- existential, without question, an existential election, uh, the most important midterms in our history. Uh, I'm deeply concerned that the Republican Party itself is poorly led, uh, certainly the Republican National Committee is is filled with oafs and jokes uh, and pretenders rather than activists uh, and uh, men and women who truly believe in the tenets of republicanism and, and uh, a, a, an America uh, that resembles something like uh, the <laughs> the founders envisioned, at least. I, I'm, I'm deeply concerned, and I'm very honest with our audience here. I'm not a, a Pollyanna. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it, uh, you know, or start talking about Candy Rock Mountains. This election is so important. I want to get your thoughts from your perspective as a as an attorney, uh, as uh, a, a a bright and effective uh, activist. What you think it's going to take to get over the finish line in this election, if you will. Well, we have to show up. We have Republicans, conservatives, right-leaning, leaning independents, even right-thinking Democrats need to show up and vote. We need to have a critical check on President Biden. He is a disaster. And we have seen over the last two years how just how bad Biden is. He is so incompetent. He was incompetent before he lost his mind. Not So now he's lost his mind and he's incompetent. So he's just, uh, he's the country is being ruled by his handlers, and they are left-wing radical activists all the way up to his White House chief of staff. These are radicals. There needs to be a critical stop on on this. And the the most important critical check we need is, look, if if Democrats keep the Senate, they're going to keep moving President Biden's judges through the assembly line. If the Republicans win the Senate, Chuck Grassley will become the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman. And as Merrick Garland learns, these radical federal judges nominated by Biden will go to Chuck Grassley's political graveyard. They will not get a vote in the Senate Judiciary Committee. They will not get a vote on the Senate floor. They will not be confirmed. President uh, Biden will not be able to transform the federal judiciary to left-wing activists, and, and that will end or uh, that will end America. When when Democrats take over the federal judiciary, that is it. It is game over for America. We could not let that happen. 
Why are the Republicans not saying much what you have said and what I've said? Why are they not being direct and forthright with the American people about the stakes in this upcoming election? Are they afraid uh, in some way? Have they been intimidated? Uh, Are they, I, I don't know, so abstract and obtuse that they can't comprehend the enormity of what the result, the consequences will be if failure uh, on the part of the Republican Party? Uh, I would say that politicians in Washington, D.C. are not exactly profiles in, in courage. But you know what? They can be led by their by, by grassroots activists, by conservatives. I've been able to do it very successfully at the Article 3 project and the Internet Accountability Project on the judicial fight and on the big tech fight. Uh, we need to get them in office, and then we can push them, and we can help them find their backbones. Well, I hope we can help them in, in time for the, uh, on November 8th. Uh, and a reminder to everybody, let's make sure that we get ourselves and 10 of our friends out uh, out to vote. Uh, we're going to need everyone we can. Uh, Mike Davis, we always give our guests the last word, and uh, this is your opportunity for concluding thoughts, if you will. I really appreciate you having me on here again, Lou. And I would just say, look, we saw what happened two years ago when we sat at home, when we were upset. We lost the two Georgia Senate seats, and uh, th- that is catastrophic for our country. That's how Biden was able to push through $6 trillion and build back better Green New Deal debt. That's how he was able to uh, jam through his left-wing radical judges onto the federal bench, including Katanji Brown Jackson onto the Supreme Court and a, a, a near record number of lower court judges. We cannot continue on this 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 path. We are we are gonna go over a cliff if we don't have a critical check on Biden and his radical administration. And it is so important for Republicans, conservatives, independents, right thinking Democrats to get out and vote this November. Well said, as always. Thank you so much, Mike. We appreciate it. Thank you, Lou. Thanks, everybody. Please join us here tomorrow on The Great America Show. Our guest is the ranking member of the House Oversight Committee, Congressman James Colmer of Kentucky, on Biden corruption and what the Republicans are planning to do with the corrupt leadership of the FBI and Department of Justice. Please join us here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America.